In this week's episode of Ordinary Life, Kitty recorded this outside of Coast Access Radio Studios and had some issues getting a clear line to Gibraltar. That's fair enough. The sound quality is not very good. However, the content is, and if you can listen past the audio quality, you will still enjoy this week's episode of Ordinary Life, presented by Kitty Fitton. Kia ora and hi, this is Kitty Fitton and this is Ordinary Life on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM in Kapiti and Horofenua from beautiful New Zealand. And this week, it's a bit of an international affair as we're going to talk to the wonderful Ali Shaw, who lives in Gibraltar. So, apologies for the um, sound. We're doing our very best to international kind of stuff. And hello, Alison. Hello. How is everybody in New Zealand? I, I think we're all pretty good at the moment. Um, it, it's it's coming into coming into spring. We've had a pretty, you know, it's been freezing, and uh, the weather's now picking up. What's it like in Gibraltar? It's absolutely gorgeous. We've had a horrendous heat wave, which I thought was fantastic, but everybody complained about, and we're just moving into autumn. Is it cold in Gibraltar in autumn? Not really. Um, Autumn's sort of, still sort of early 20s, late sort of teens, so can't complain about that. Oh, that's great. Um, And so I wanted to talk to you because obviously Alison and I go back. Oh, some some time, don't we, Alison? Forever, yes, Brilliant. we do. A long, 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 long time. Um, and 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 I was thinking about interesting people, and I can't think of anybody who's much more interesting than 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 you, really. Because you you taught me so many <laughs> wonderful things, and that I still live by. And one of them was, if in doubt, yeah. cook it on one eighty. Yeah, always. Always, and and you're never too young to start moisturising. Absolutely. Mm. And these are sudden there was a third thing, but I can't, I can never remember what that was. I can't remember the third thing, but I li- I've lived by the other two. <laughs> good. good <laughs> but um, we also shared, like, um, you had some medical troubles when when I knew you back in the day. And I believe they've um, continued to dog you, haven't you? So would you mind telling people, you know, what what it is you have to live with? Yeah, I've had quite a few medical problems over the years. Most have been dealt with by surgery. Mm. But um, six and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So I have to live with that daily. I've had the majority of my large bowel removed. And, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I have chronic diarrhea. So I have to spend my life going from toilet to toilet. I was going to say, yeah, do you want to explain what Crohn's disease is? Yeah. Crohn's disease is inflammation of the bowel, and you can get blockages. Mm. Um, It affects lots of people in so many different ways. Some people have to have surgery, have to have the whole bowel removed and a bag uh, put in, which Mm. I haven't as yet. Mm. Some people don't have to have surgery and can just manage with medication and change of diet. Mm. Um, Others like myself have part of the bowel removed, but then, as I say, you're constantly worried about where you are, where's the next toilet, how far can I go, how long can I sit in a car for, 
you know, that sort of thing. Yes, yeah, so, it's interesting. Uh, my my mum had Crohn's disease growing up. Had, yes. And, yeah, and she ended up with, uh, you know, the bag that you talk about, that, you know, it's called an ileostomy. And I, I do put that down to me having such a bit of a, some people would call it a thick sense of humour, but I just call it right real life and coping sense of humour about all that kind of stuff. So how come how come you had your bowel removed, but they, they left you, you know, and without a bag? Well... Because they only removed part of the bowel, they didn't need to have a bag put in. Right. So the food does go in and it does come out. <laughs> it does come out like everybody else. Um, because what happens with the large bowel, the large bowel is where all the food waste is taken and all the water is extracted from it to make it solid. So when you have that part of the bowel removed, of course, when you go to the toilet, your emotions are no longer solid. Yeah. So you live with this as chronic diarrhea and you don't have an awful lot of control. So it's, as I say, a case of, ooh, need to run to the toilet. And when you need to go, you have to go, which I believe a lot of people are affected like that. I don't know why they decided to leave the rest of the bowel and not give me a bag, but that was the surgeon's choice at the time. So, mm. you know, I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't know why they decided that. I mean, I think uh, I think they think it's um, best to leave what they can, eh? Because they they talked about doing that to my mum, and they did for many many years. I, I know she lived with only part of a bowel until she basically told them she couldn't do it anymore. But I mean, she was probably. She got sick when she was about 25, 26. Um, and it wasn't until she was nearly 40 that they put the bag on. Um, and, and to explain, yeah. you know, when you get the bag, you end up, they pull part of your bowel through and they create what's called a stoma. So you end up having, right. yeah, you have that through. And um, yeah, it requires quite a lot of medical care as well, though, because you have to clean it regularly and it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, I think it, it makes you more, more open to infection, I think, and that's probably why they try to leave that as long as they possibly can. Mm. So maybe that's why they didn't take it all out completely. So, so how do you but, manage like day to day? Because, I mean, I, I remember my mum literally couldn't even get to the corner shop and back sometimes without having an accident, for want of yeah, a better term. I, I, know where, uh, I know where every public toilet is. I have uh, an access key to every disabled toilet in Gibraltar. We do have quite a lot. I am very careful about what I wear. I wear leggings during the winter and cycling shorts during the spring, summer and autumn in case I do have an accident. Mm. So, but my routes are planned, so I'm always walking past the toilet. I have a disabled, not a disabled badge like people have, like a blue badge for the car or anything. Mm. I have a little badge for our Department of Equality and the lanyard, which shows I have an invisible disability. Yeah. And with that, if I need to, you know, lots of bars and restaurants, I don't know about in New Zealand, but here, lots of bars and restaurants don't allow you to use their facilities unless you are a paying customer. 
Mm. But because I have a disability, I just go into it. If I need to and I can't get to the closest toilet, I run into a bar or restaurant, show them my badge and say, I have a disability, please can I use the toilet? And nobody has said no. I've, they've let me in, they've let me use the, their facilities. Everybody's been great. Well, so that's, it, that's okay. Mm. You know, I have had a couple of accidents. Um, my surgeon, my consultant, sorry, not the surgeon, the consultant makes fun of it. We do have a really good laugh about where she wear clothes that are brown <laughs> rather than any other colour. That I tend to wear black, which is just as good as wearing brown. Yeah. So, and I do know that manage. my mum, her bag would sometimes explode if she'd eaten something that she shouldn't have done. Or even if she hadn't, sometimes she was a bit gaseous and she'd be in bed. Yeah. And she had this, she had this clip, like, like a food bag clip that went on the end. And if anything happened or it hadn't been closed properly, she said she'd wake up and she'd feel this wetness and she'd think, oh, well, I'll say poo instead of the other word. And then she'd go, mm, literally, yes, like everywhere. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, if, if you, people might think it sounds, you know, might be like, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe you're talking about this. But this is real life for thousands of people. And it's their reality it every day, you know. It is. It affects so many people. And <clears throat> little things that they don't realise is if, if you do have wind or gas, you can't just pass wind as you're walking through the streets like yeah. anybody else would. Because you know if you pass wind, you are going to have an accident. Yeah. So you can only run to a toilet if you need to pass wind. So... That's, I mean, we do, as I say, we do make jokes about that. You've so, got to, you know, that, it's pretty grim, I think. You have to, yeah. Mm. I do, I laugh about it. The trouble with living in such a warm country is that most people, like during the summer, you are wearing summer clothes. During the winter, you can get away with whatever you're wearing, and if you do have an accident, it can be well hidden. Mm. But during the summer... There's nowhere to hide if you're wearing a short summer dress, which is, as I say, why I wear cycling shorts under my, my dresses or my skirts. So, um, so, I mean, do you have to wear special pants or anything, or if you don't mind me asking? No. No. Um, no. Just I'm, I'm not that yet. Um, I don't see why. I, I really think um, I'm at that stage where maybe they should start prescribing me adult nappies because you can get adult nappies or adult pull-ups and um, a lot of the elderly people here are, are prescribed them but as yet they've told me that no I, I don't need them yet but if I get to that stage then yes I probably will have to wear a nappy but again I'll just make fun of it so you know me that's the way I am. Indeed I mean how many people does it affect do you know? I, I haven't checked it out, but I think it's something really high, like one in ten people or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it does it's very it. common. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, but as you know with your mum and, and with me, it affects people in different ways. Yeah. So some people never have surgery. Some people have infusions. 
um, for medication. A lot of the medication they've tried me on, I've reacted to badly. Mm. So I haven't been able to be controlled by medication. Uh, there's, there's famous people um, on the TV in the UK, which I, I don't know if you get the shows in New Zealand. Yeah, do you get Emma Dale? Oh, I think I think they do have Emma Dale. Yeah. If they, well, if they have Emma Dale, then the actor who plays Kane Dingle, he's had Crohn's disease since he was a teenager. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's managed well, and on our Strictly Come Dancing show, one of the dancers, I don't know how she manages to dance. She's an amazing dancer, but she has it as well. Mm. And but you know, she's in and out of hospital, it affects her really, really badly. I've only been in hospital twice, once to have part of the bowel removed, and the second time was when I had a reaction to the medication that they were trying me on. So other than that, I've, I have been very lucky considering, mm. you know, how some people affect, you know, so so I can't really complain too much. No, because so. I, I know... Um... It's a very hidden disease because people feel ashamed and they feel embarrassed talking about it. But I, it always makes me kind of cross that people have to feel, you know, think they have to feel that way. I don't know about you, but it, it just makes me kind of angry that people think they have to, you know, hide stuff because it might not fit in with societal norms. Yeah, it does. And, and people do need to talk about it more. And I know... A lot of people, especially, you know, coming from the UK, as did I, that people don't like talking about things like, oh, bowel movements. Oh, no, you can't. But mm. Gibraltar's slightly different. Everybody tells everybody their medical problems. Oh, really? So here, yeah, here, we know everything about just about anybody. Nobody has any secrets. <laughs> it's, like living, it's like living in a village where you know what's going on with everybody, but it's a lot bigger than a village. There's like 30,000 people, but you're walking down the street and you go, oh, I know that person's got so-and-so. I know that person's got so-and-so. And you know the people that have got Crohn's. You know the ones that have had uh, bags put in the bowel removed and, and, and a bag. And everybody, like, talks to everybody. It's just it's yeah, so it's, funny. We talk about bowel movements all the time, you know. So it, it's good here. It's, it's a lot better here than in the UK where nobody would discuss anything like that. Yeah, I mean, New Zealand's a bit strange like that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we, we also, the Carpenter Coast where, where I live and where we're centred and Hutton Horror Centre quite small in comparison, probably, probably Gibraltar size, I reckon. Mm. And although we, we are officially part of the Greater Wellington region, nobody likes to actually, you know, be part of Wellington. We, we call ourselves, you know, the Carpenter Coasters and stuff. And, you know, and it, it's very strange because when I first moved here, I learned about the carpety check where you always have to look over your shoulder before you talk about anyone, you know, because they could be sat next to you. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit, it sounds quite okay. similar in that respect. I mean, obviously, yeah. they only always say nice things. <laughs> the thing with Gibraltar is when you're speaking to somebody, is the chances are they're probably related to the next person. There's such big families here mm. and all the extended families 
live here in such a small place. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that, I'm that, yeah. Say, oh, my, my doctor is so-and-so, and somebody else will say, oh, I went to school with him, or, oh, he's my cousin. What is like living whatever. in New Zealand, yeah. I mean, there's, there's two degrees of separation, they say, between everybody, and no matter who you speak yeah. to here, somebody will know somebody. But, yeah, it's... And it's interesting what you say about, like, um, knowing people with the same disease, because I'm often told Parkinson's is very, very rare in people. And, you know, early onset Parkinson's is so rare and it doesn't often happen. And yet I can name about one, two, three, about five people in my local area alone that have got early onset Parkinson's, which is like, hmm, I just blew that out of the water. <laughs> But, yeah, um, but that would be unusual anywhere. But mm. places like this, they're the same. There's so many people with Crohn's disease. There's so many people with lots of other invisible disabilities. We, we've got a lot of people with MS. We've got a lot of people with dementia. But that that you do know that there are so many people here with so many different things. But everybody talks about it. Two things. One, what advice would you give to somebody if, who's listening and they've got Crohn's and maybe they feel embarrassed and, you know, ashamed of it? I'd just say don't be ashamed of it. Just learn that it's, it's not your fault. It's not anything you've done. It's just one of those things that happens. Try to talk to somebody about it. There's lots of organisations I know. We have organisations here. There are places on the internet you can get information from. Mm. Don't be embarrassed to talk about going to the toilet. Don't be embarrassed of going into the toilet if there are other people in there. Mm. Sometimes I just shout out. If I'm in the supermarket and I need to go to the toilet, I'll just dump my trolley, run, go to the toilet, and if there's anybody in there, I just say, I'm sorry, I've got Crohn's, live with it. And <laughs> uh, people just accept it. So mm. it's it's just accepting it yourself first and not being embarrassed about it. How you feel. Because one of the things people don't know about Crohn's disease is that one of the worst things about it is the fatigue that comes with it. Mm. I, could, I mean, you know me, I could sleep anytime, anywhere. But now with the Crohn's, I could happily sleep for 24 hours a day, except obviously I would need to go to the toilet at some point during that time. But people don't realise that there are other things as well as the Crohn's, not just running to the toilet and and being worried about having an accident on the street or anything like that, Mm. but where these people that do have Crohn's disease aren't going to be able to lift things, carry a lot of things, stand up for a long time, because sometimes if if you feel you need to go to the toilet, it's easier to be sitting down. So, you know, if you're on a bus, give them your seat, let them sit down so they can feel more comfortable. If there's a bench they can sit on, but because nobody can see it, because you don't have a big badge on you that says, oh, I've got Crohn's disease, Say to somebody, excuse me, do you mind if I just sit down for five minutes? I've got really bad stomach cramps or I feel really, really tired. I have Crohn's disease. Don't be ashamed of it. There's so many people have it. Just, you know, accept it. It's part of life. Do you see it as a disability? 
Yeah. Um, it is a disability in that, in certain ways, I, I'm now trapped in Gibraltar because um, I'm having trouble getting travel insurance. It's crazy because a lot of the insurance companies will insure people that have had cancer, but yet for Crohn's disease, they're like, mm, no, because mm. the trouble with Crohn's is I could have a flare-up tomorrow and being back in hospital tomorrow. Mm. I might not. I probably won't have another one for 5, 10, 15 years. But because they don't know, because it's so different in every person as to when they have a flare-up or not, things like travel insurance, travel insurance companies are saying, oh, no, Crohn's disease, oh, we're not going to take you on mm. uh, because you might have a flare-up and you might need to be hospitalised. So... The border's like five minutes away into Spain, where we usually go, we can go supermarket shopping. I can't, I can't cross the border. So I'm trapped here on the rock of Gibraltar at the moment until a travel insurance will actually give me insurance to, to get out of the border. Mm-hmm. I can't go back to the UK because I can't fly if the plane is diverted. Um, to Spain because I've no travel insurance to look after me in Spain. So what message would you have to, I mean, you know, people in general, what do you wish people knew about about Crohn's? What would you have, you know, them know? Um, for them to know that it's not contagious, they're not going to pick anything up from you. <laughs> it's nothing for anybody, again, as I say, to be ashamed of. Mm. People can come and talk me any time they want, they can ask me any questions they want, they can make jokes, don't bypass it by thinking you know, oh if we don't talk about it, she hasn't got it kind of thing, mm. because it's, my, it's me, this is who I am now, so you have yeah. to just accept the person as they are and, but, and, but don't treat them any different, it's still the same person deep down just that they might have to go to the toilet a lot more than they ever used to. And it is so, hard in the corner, that, really crappy disease. Eh? Yes, yes. <laughs> definitely a crappy disease. A crappy disease. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any final words of wisdom for the people of New Zealand from Gibraltar? Oh, words of wisdom, as in Crohn's or just as in life? Anything in life. Give us some of Ali Shaw's top tips. Yeah, well, you know my top tips. You can cook everything at 180 degrees. You're never too young to moisturise. Live life to the full. Have a laugh. And if you poo yourself on the street, text some wet wipes with you in a change of clothes. Doesn't (laughs) matter. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us, Alison. It's been absolutely fantastic. You're welcome. If if you'd like to see any of the previous episodes or catch up with anything that we've been doing, you can do that at coastaccessradio.org.nz or at kittykitten.com and you'll find lots of information on there. Huge thanks to Coast Access Radio, 104.7 FM, and Irirangi Kamotu and New Zealand On Air. And finally, hopefully there's enough room. Alison has asked, do you want to introduce the song that you want, Alison? Yes, Karma Chameleon by Culture Club, because the 80s was the best decade for music.